continue uh, with Math's, Matthew's masterpiece, and we'll be we'll be following it in the next uh, several weeks. Last week we started with the with the happy ones. These are the ones who are happy, the merciful, the peacemakers. These are the ones who are happy, those who know that they are dependent. These are the happy ones. Today, he's, he's addressing his disciples. He's addressing us. And he's giving us some, some wonderful images. He always loves to speak in images. And of course, the images that he gives today are, are facets of the deepest reality of who we are. And of course, we know that our deepest us is divine. The deepest reality that we share along with our humanity is the very divinity of the Christ, for we are the body of Christ in space and time. So, so he looks at us and he calls us salt, he calls us light, and refers to us as a, a city on the hill. And one of the interesting things about all of these, except for maybe the city on the hill, is that they, they never exist just for themselves. They always exist in relationship to something else. You, you, no one's going to ever sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to have salt for dinner tonight. Not too tasty. But if you take that salt and you put it on a nice filet and you grill it just right, you know, it's going to be exquisite. It, it lads zest and flavor and and it's it's a preservative you 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 keep it on long enough and you got a beef jerky but the salt the salt is always working its its stuff light we are blinded by the light if we just see the light and yet when when light shines upon an object and of course we hear light is a, a reference to the divine all the time in god there is no darkness there is only light uh, the light comes into the world and the darkness could not overcome it. So we've got this wonderful image of the Christ as the light. We share that very light. And the job of the light is to enlighten things, to, to say, open things up so that we can, we can see them. And when somebody sees all the way through, when somebody sees into the depth of reality, we call them enlightened. And, and, and sometimes that spotlight shows the cobwebs. Sometimes it shows something that we might not want to see, the things that we want to keep hidden, the things that we want to keep in the shadow of things. A number of years ago, the, the Boston Globe had a, 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 a regular series called Spotlight, and we remember that they, were, they made a movie out of it, as a matter of fact, and what they, what they shone the bright light of the truth upon was the terrible scandal that we were caught in the midst of at that time. And to a lesser or greater extent today, even today. But, but you don't are able to cleanse what you can't see. And so the light is, is imperative. The city on the hill, uh, that was one of Ronald Reagan's favorite terms. We are the city on the hill. And what he was saying is that this is something, if it's on the hill, everybody can see it up there. You can use it for navigation. And it was, his point was that this is supposed to be the great example of, of democracy. And, and, and we are able to then see how it's done because of how we've done it. Well, that was that great American exceptionalism. Now we have lots of questions about it as we shine the light upon it to see the parts that we want to hide in the shadow. So this, these images are, are really, really important, and they, they are always in relationship to something else. I, I think that speaks 
a great deal about who we are. For our whole life is a relationship. Our God is a relationship. A relationship of giving and receiving and receiving and giving and, and then it spills out into all of creation that gives and receives. Without anything else, nothing else exists. And so we are invited to, to dance inside that wonderful, deep re- relationship. It probably could be best said this way. Uh, we are not about life. Or life is not about me. I am about life. I think when we were raised, we were taught, especially those of us who memorized the Baltimore Catechism, that it was all about my individual personal salvation and that if I worked hard enough and got enough badges and brownie points with God, I'm going to make it into heaven. And today we know, we know so much more that that we only make it insofar as we all make it, insofar as we are connected, as Jesus keeps telling us, with the least of our brothers and, and sisters. Then he goes on to say, but what happens when the salt loses its flavor? Well, what happens when you've got this incredible gift inside of you and no one is exempt? It has many different manifestations, many different facets, but that incredible gift is inside each and every one of us because the divine is inside each and every one. What happens when it's it's useless, when it loses its savor, when it can't flavor anything, when it can't make a difference, when it can't be... Well, I think our basic job for all of us is to somehow be a catalyst, a conduit of this incredible grace of God, this incredible power of God working through us and and to come to the realization that we've got it, that we do have the light. But if you've got the light and you put it under a bushel basket, all you're doing is enlightening a dark room. And so what is... Jesus say, and he keeps on with that beautiful image. No, you don't take the lamp and put it under a basket. You take it and put it on a lampstand so that all can see. Oh, just as your light must shine before all others so that you, so that they may see your goodness, your good deeds, and give glory to our Heavenly Father's. So we're meant to be this wonderful catalyst of grace. We're meant to be these wonderful conduits of God's presence in the world. Now, the, the, the people who showed me this, is, as you've heard me say so many times, until we see it incarnated, until we see it in the flesh, it's really hard to understand what, what, what really is going on. Until we see a salty old dog or we see someone who really is light in the midst of darkness, we, we really don't know what it is. That's the reason the incarnation is so incredibly, and I think it's, it's the Christian gift to the world, that the divine dwells in matter, and the two can never be separated from each other, ever, in all of matter, in all the material world. Well, so when we see it in another human being, then we get it. I, I got it in spades when I was a baby priest, and I was assigned to my first uh, pastorate. I was, I was safely tucked away in our, our high school minor seminary in, in, at St. Charles Borromeo. And uh, one Easter Sunday, I was told to go down to Hopkins Park, Illinois. And I've spoken to you about this before because it's probably been the most profound, radical, transforming experience of my entire life. 
And so I went down there that Easter because it was during the Easter break, and I said, Easter Sunday Mass. In that room was an old matriarch named Barbara Bratton. Now, Hopkins Park was the largest rural black community north of the Mason-Dixon line at the time. I said the Mass, and, and, and it was... It was magic, not because of anything I was doing, but because of the magic of the people that were there. And after the Mass was all over, old Barbara Bratton came forward, took me by the shoulder, opened my mouth, looked inside to inspect, <laughs> turned around, and she said to the congregation, we'll take this one. <laughs> Seriously. I, I said, Barbara, I, 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 I can't go. I'm, I'm teaching. I'm at the seminary. The bishop's never going to let me go. She said, oh, no, you don't understand, son. You don't understand. I'm very close to Bishop Blanchett. <laughs> and then she says, and I'm even closer to God. <laughs> Literally in three months, I was there. I was there. These are people who had to literally choose between food and fuel in the wintertime. And as I did arrive, I found out that we had not paid our oil bill, so the oil burner in the church was not going to work unless we were able to do that because they were going to shut it off. But I, I can remember I was, you, you're pretty arrogant when you're pretty young, and you think you got the world by the tail, and I thought I had a mandate from God, and I can remember my very first homily was, because there was, 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 was this, uh, I, I said, you know, you've got a means of support here. And in, this was the mid-70s when bingo was keeping a lot of parishes alive. I says, I says, I am not going to get up on a Sunday morning and say out of the right-hand side of my mouth, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you besides. And out of the left-hand side of my mouth is on a Friday night, you want to get rich quick. And they all just stared at me. Not a word. But we've got, I think, $5.75 at the collection that day. We did a little better. The next day, knocking on my door was Barbara Bratton. She walked in again, and one side, son, went straight to my refrigerator, opened the refrigerator, closed it, turned around, and announced a fly would die in there. And she came back with food from the poor, food from those who have their own needs, food from that community. She says, we will feed you. I had no idea how much they were going to feed me. Because from that day on, we wanted for nothing. For nothing. Seek ye first the kingdom and everything else will be given to you besides. And then we, so we are, we are called then to let that light shine. Now, how do we let it shine? Well, if there is any community in this diocese that knows how to let the light shine, it's right here. It's the Wheaton Franciscans with the incredible uh, foundation that you have for, the, for faith formation throughout so many of the, uh, of the ministry funds that you've been given. We've got incredible needs today. Uh, the Greater Chicago Food Depository is begging, begging. The, the uh, uh, People's Resource Centers always needs help. Th that light that shines in them shines in us as well. Uh, the, 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 the need to share homelessness 
the PADS program has been really, really good. And many of the people who have been con connected with, with your ministries have worked PADS for years and years and years. It's still a need. We are not really addressing the needs yet because we've not yet taken the light out from the bushel basket completely. So we're going to do that today. Because we always finished a homily such as this with the song that they taught me how to sing. And we're going to sing it today. Now, I got I to I tell you, this, this song always has a, a little bit of clapping. And clapping, well, I, I once went to a, a Peter, Paul, and Mary concert. And they looked at the congregation. They looked at the audience right at the very beginning. It says, please do not clap in time because you don't clap in time. <laughs> and I got to tell you, white folk and we are a majority of white folk here today, cannot clap on the offbeat to save our life. <laughs> Except today. Because it goes like this. Come on. Come on. Good. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Sing it now. This little light of mine, come on, I'm gonna let it shine. Sing out, this little light of mine, well, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine. Come on, Jesus gave it to me, and I'm gonna let it shine, well, Jesus gave it to me, and I'm gonna let it shine. Sing it out now. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it all over Wheaton Tongue. I'm gonna let it shine. Where? All over Wheaton Tongue. Not bad. All over Wheaton. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Give yourselves a hand, that's not bad for Catholics. And all we need to do is get it out of the bushel basket and let it shine.